Hey guys, welcome back or welcome for the first time. This is episode six of Bell Cartel Radio and I am your host, Carly Bell. So it was just Valentine's Day weekend two days ago. Um, I'm just hanging out in my living room. I just got off some calls with my new accountant. That's right. I'm doing my taxes. Um, I guess that's kind of unheard of in the adult only fan worker community, but I did hire a specific accountant who works with um, only fans, girls, YouTubers. She's an entertainment accountant. So I'm very excited about that. Um, just a recommendation to anyone who makes money at all. You should get yourself an accountant because the things they can help you with are shocking. Um, but okay, anyway, I digress. This is not an H&R Block uh, advertisement. Today, I'm going to be telling you guys um, some things you might want to know to get to know me better or maybe just some secrets about some places you've probably shopped at or been to and uh, some secret behind the scenes secrets about some of those places. So if you don't know who I am or what I do or anything about me, which I hope you know something if you've stumbled across this podcast, but basically I am an influencer on Instagram. Um, I'm cringing while I'm saying that. I don't really know another word for it. I'm not sure if I'm necessarily influencing anyone, but I also don't necessarily like the rigidness of saying that I'm an adult actress because I think that that comes with a stigma of a lot of stigma. Um, and also my life is very much more similar to someone who's like an Instagram influencer rather than a real hardcore adult actress. Um, the difference between me and an adult actress, I guess you could say, is just that most of my stuff is not necessarily acting. It's real um, content. And I do all of my acting with my real life boyfriend. I hate calling him my boyfriend because I feel like he's so much more than that. I'm like, can you just can you just propose to me so that I can call you my fiance or something? Because I almost just feel like he deserves more respect than just being called a boyfriend. But you know, no rush, no rush, not trying to drop any hints. (laughs) He doesn't listen to this anyway. Um, But if anyone, you know, wants to maybe drop a hint to him, then go ahead for me. Uh, But anyway, I make all of my content with my real life boyfriend for my OnlyFans. And I used to do premium Snapchat back in the day. If you're familiar with that, it's very similar to OnlyFans, except it was, you know, you were running your own account essentially through Snapchat instead of using the OnlyFans platform. Um, But Snapchat really cracked down like extremely hard on anyone promoting OnlyFans, premium Snapchats, anything that could be considered adult Um, so I used to have like 200,000 followers on Snapchat and now I probably have less than 10. If you do want to add me on Snapchat, my name for now is Carly Bell X. Um, the same as my backup Instagram. I don't really post on Snap simply because I assume that if I do, it will get deleted, but occasionally you will catch me on there like talking shit or maybe just posting the occasional selfie because I do obviously love all their filters, (laughs) filter queen. Um, so yeah, add me on Snap if you want. But anyway, I used to do premium Snapchat, which was really, you know, there were a lot of ups and downs with that in comparison to OnlyFans. And that's because you're not really supposed to be selling access to a Snapchat. Um, so you would get deleted and locked out all the time or, you know, people would 
get refunds. It was just very like volatile and uncontrollable. So I, you know, went through a lot of ups and downs and some crazy like spiraling depressions, honestly, because of Snapchat. Like when my Snapchats would get deleted, I would just be like, what the absolute fuck am I going to do? I just sold this Snapchat to, you know, hundreds of people and they pay you to add them and then the account will get deleted and there's no way of, you know, tracking people back. So I'm glad that that chapter and era of like adult work has kind of ended. People still are doing it. I still do sell a subscription to one of my, I have two Snapchats. One is my main phone Snapchat. And then the other one is when I keep on my iPad that I post my more risque stuff on. Uh, But my main source of income is OnlyFans. So I have been doing adult work and, you know, posting sexy stuff and making money off of, you know, sexual videos for five years now, going on five years, four years. Um, The first check I ever got, I remember, was from a company named Snapflix. They actually ended up going out of business because they just... This was in the very beginning of, you know, girls, the girls next door starting to do adult content. Because when I started doing this, it was extremely taboo. It was like your family's going to disown you and no one in your hometown will ever respect you. And you're never going to get a real job. And, you know, really, really, really negative stigma around selling nudes for money, of course. Um, I feel like that's so normal now. It's like not even a big deal anymore. But... When I started out, it was not like that. And the first check I got from Snapflix, my first ever adult platform, um, I believe I got like $5,000 or something. And that was like more money than I had ever seen in person ever in my life. Like maybe actually I had seen about that much, like when someone bought a car or you know, if I maybe saw someone who was like selling drugs and they had some cash that they owed to their plug, that's highly possible. Um, no shade, but (laughs) that was the most money I had ever held in my hands. $5,000 that was all mine. So what did I do? I went on vacation. (laughs) Um, I went all over the Caribbean. If you guys haven't yet, make sure you go listen to my episode prior to this because I told some stories about all my crazy traveling. Um, I spent about like a two years on and off pretty much every other month going on vacations, traveling, and pretty much blowing every single penny that I made on traveling. I lived with my mom at the time. I was only 19. I hadn't moved out yet. Um, And so I really had no responsibilities, no reason not to just spend all this money and travel. Uh, As soon as I started making that like, you know, $5,000 every couple weeks, I quit my job. The last job that I had, let me think, I barely remember. The last job I believe I had was, I was a waitress at a yacht club, um, like a fancy yacht club in my, near my hometown. Um, It was definitely an interesting experience working at a yacht club because everyone obviously who went there and all the patrons and customers were members who were very, very, very wealthy for the most part. Um, There were some people that were so kind to me. I specifically remember the people who were kind to me. Um, And a lot of like the women there, older women, were so just classy and beautiful and 
just really fabulous people to be around. And of course, when you're working with rich people, you do get the opposite end of the spectrum. And there were a ton of people that were absolute shitheads. Um, To be specific, there was a family, uh, they were multimillionaires and they were from the South. Uh, But I obviously am from Massachusetts. So this is a yacht club on Cape Cod and they're from the South, but they owned a summer house on Cape. And so they would come every year to the yacht club and the way a yacht club works is like the members pay you know a certain amount every year and then they pretty much run the club so you're a waitress at the restaurant but essentially you work for the customers they're basically your boss they own you um so you had to just wait on these people hand and foot it was all the customer is always right especially at a members owned restaurant Um, so I had this family from the South that would always come in and they were just the absolute worst. Um, the husband would always get so hammered, extremely drunk to the point that I would have to kind of be like, I can't serve him anymore. Um, cause as a waitress, you're supposed to be like, you know, make sure people don't get too slammed. But honestly, it was hard to tell grown men, you know, I'm not going to get you another Tito's, uh, on the rocks. So dealt with the drunk husband a lot and the wife was always just really upset like you could just tell she didn't like her husband or her kids were just driving her crazy I think they had seven kids all under the age of like 12 um those kids were you know no no hate to kids but those kids were fucking brats um I've never seen all of the little east coast kids the kids who were um they lived you know in the area that they went to the yacht club those kids are really great It was mostly the people that weren't from the area that only had summer homes um, that were super terrible. So the Yacht Club was an absolutely mind-opening experience to see how rich people, you know, talk to people and treat people. And there's the rich people that treat you really well and treat you like a human and tip you really well. And, you know, God bless those people. And then there's the rich people that definitely lose their sense of like, humanity and like how to respect people that are working for you and I say all this because I think that was a time when you know I didn't think I would ever have any money when I was working at the yacht club if I made a hundred dollars or a hundred and fifty dollars in one night that was like very exciting and that is great for being a waitress um but these were only you know for three months out of the year during peak summer time so I had no idea I would ever end up having any money at all, but I did think to myself, you know, when I do have money or if I ever can go to a nice restaurant, I will never treat the staff the way that I have been treated by the people that, you know, I thought were assholes. So I'm glad that I had that job. It taught me something about, you know, even if you get rich, don't forget like what, you know, what it's like to be working more on the bottom of the pyramid. And so prior to that, I'm just going to go back in time. So that was my last job. That was at the Yacht Club, maybe about $150 on a great night. And so before that, I worked at, I was a breakfast waitress um, at a super busy diner. There was always a line literally down the block, like the most busiest breakfast diner in my whole town. People would like travel from other places to come to this breakfast diner. So that was crazy. Um, It was family owned and I was pretty much the only person who got hired um, in like a span of like 15 years. They hadn't hired anyone new. And I got the in because I had like a family friend, someone who knew a person. 
and they gave me the job, but it was always like my boss hated me. She was very hard to please. Um, but you know, that was a good job to have too. It taught me a lot about uh, food, breakfast food. It, it solidified my love for breakfast food and coffee. Um, and it also solidified the fact that I did not want to have a job where I had to wake up at five in the morning because it was terrible. So prior to being a breakfast waitress, what did I do? I was in college um, when I ended up not having the job anymore as a breakfast waitress because when I told them I had to stop working so I could you know, go to college and do my finals and everything, they said, either come into work or never come back. And so I was like, well, I already paid for college. I have to go to school. So I never went back. Um, so that was the end of the breakfast waitressing job. Prior to that, I can't even remember the span of things, but I worked at, I worked at the Gap um, in the mall, which was super boring. Uh, the entire time, the whole point of working at Gap, the only like real task at hand other than folding jeans is to watch people and make sure they're not stealing shit. Like I had to watch a three hour video, like in the back room, it was like a dungeon. And I had to sit there and watch a three hour video on risk, risk prevention, no, stealing prevention. I don't know, theft prevention. Um, And basically there was a whole video essentially just saying like, watch out and if people look creepy, they probably are. Or if they look like they're being weird or sketchy or trying to put something in their pocket, you know, follow them, watch them. If you see it, tell a manager or call security. But you'd think that would be really simple. That was literally all we ever talked about. We would have meetings about it. I personally never saw anyone steal anything from Gap because it's just like, do people come into Gap and steal jeans? Like, I don't know. I worked there for six months, never saw it, probably wasn't paying enough attention. They did end up moving me to the baby Gap, which was connected to the adult gap. So I worked at the baby gap, which I liked a lot more because the clothes were very easy to fold because they were tiny. So that was fun. Um, It wasn't that great because a lot of the time uh, moms would come in with their babies or their very young children and kind of expect you to essentially be a babysitter instead of a cashier. So while the mom was shopping for her, you know, baby's clothes, her baby would be damn near running out of the store like (laughs) to go play in the little kids area outside of the store so I would have to like watch people's kids you know never crossing that line of like being like hey yo your baby is about to run away but also you know making sure people's babies didn't run away because if they did then it would have been my fault somehow so baby gap was a lot of pressure a lot of dealing with stressed out moms okay (laughs) so that was rough Um, prior to baby gap, I worked down the hallway in the mall, same mall. And I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, Abercrombie and Fitch was fun because it was like an ego boost to actually get hired there because they did pretty specifically hire, like, uh, I'm doing air quotations, good looking people. Um, and one of the shittiest things that I ever witnessed at Abercrombie and Fitch is when I realized there were, there was a crew of people that would be working at the same time as you. Um, But they would be working in the back room where they would take the shipments in, organize things where we keep like our stockpiles of all the extra jeans and shirts and sweatshirts. And they would also be filling online orders. So these people would never come out to the front of the store. They would never interact with customers. They were totally treated like they were below the people who were cashiers. However, we were the same 
Like we were getting paid the same amount. We had the same responsibilities, essentially. They just weren't allowed to come out to the front and work with people. I don't remember specifically what these people looked like, but I do know that the people who worked out in the front, uh, it was me and one of my best friends, my best friend Paige. She also worked out at the front and she's very pretty. All the girls and people who worked in the front of the store were definitely the more good looking you know, in quotations, people, and then the less good looking or sexy people worked in the back. So the whole rumor that Abercrombie operates on like hiring good looking people on purpose is so true. And they actually ended up taking pictures of me like to submit um, to be a model. But then my manager was like, no, they like didn't, they didn't respond back. And I always would get in trouble for having too much makeup on because you were supposed to look like you didn't have makeup on, but you were also supposed to be pretty, which as I'm sure you can imagine was kind of a struggle for me because I'm one of those people that's like right in the middle, like with no makeup on, I'm very average. And with makeup on, I'm very averagely pretty. So I needed the eyeliner to like make it through the day, but every single time they would make me wipe that shit off. So that was super annoying. Um, but I always smell delicious the perfume in there literally sprays out of the ceilings. That's that's a true fact. It really is dark as fuck. Like I could never see anything. And the music was always super loud, which was also done on purpose. Um, so yeah, working at Abercrombie was interesting. I did see people actually steal stuff there. Uh, someone went into the dressing room with a ton of stuff, went in there for a while. And then once someone's in the dressing room, you know, you walk away, you let them do them. And when I went back in the dressing room on the hangers where like the original Abercrombie clothing was, was this person's like old, you know, old Navy jeans and like t-shirts. So they went into the dressing room, changed, and then walked right out of the store in the outfit that they brought into the dressing room. They probably cut the sensors right off. I don't know. But so yes, that was a theft that occurred at Abercrombie under my watch. So sorry about that. Not really. Um, prior to Abercrombie, so we have worked at the Yacht Club, Gap, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. Prior to those jobs, oh, Breakfast Waitress. I also worked at two separate ice cream places. One was hard serve ice cream, which if you've ever eaten and or scooped hard serve ice cream, it's way harder than uh, soft serve ice cream, obviously. And so that was a lot of arm work. I wasn't great at it. And also the cash register at the hard ice cream store that I worked at, it was like an old fashioned cash register and it didn't tell you the change. And if you don't have issues with math, maybe that wouldn't be so scary to you if someone handed you a 20 and their total was 1783, you would just, you know, figure it out and be like, okay, seven, let's see if I can just do it in real time uh, $3 and 17 cents. I don't know. Someone check me, tweet me, let me know if that's true. But the whole thing was you would be dealing with 15 people at a time, scooping their ice cream, and you had to count all of the change back. I am terrible at math. And even more so, aside from being terrible at math, I'm really bad in high pressure situations. Like I always fuck up. If there's a fire alarm going off, like I cannot handle pressure high pressure situations so that's that was a terrible job for me because it was super busy all the time and ice cream you got to be pretty quick with someone's not going to stand there for 10 minutes while you scoop them their strawberry ice cream 
Uh, so that was really terrible. And I also essentially got fired from that job because it was one of my first jobs. I think I was only 15. So I wasn't allowed to like use knives or work in the back part of the kitchen. I could only be in the front where the ice cream was being scooped. Um, and so then I started school again in September. And when I told them like, oh, I can only work, you know, four days a week or three days a week because I have cheerleading and this and that. They were very upset with me and were like, no, you have to choose between cheerleading and the job. And I was like, well, I'm a freshman in high school. I'm not going to pick, you know, being an ice cream scooper over having childhood memories. So, of course, that job did not work out. But kind of a long story, funny story short, those people, they were honestly truly assholes, the owners of that ice cream shop. But they ended up getting screwed over and kicked out of their location. And now their new ice cream shop operates out of a bank. It used to be a bank and then it closed and now it's an ice cream shop and it is just like the oddest looking ice cream store ever. It's very like cold and it you feel like you're in a bank. It doesn't seem like an ice cream place. So the place that I originally worked is no longer, uh, it's no longer the same owners, but they were crazy. Um, Mostly probably because their cash registers never lined up because the cash register didn't tell you how much change to give someone. Like, I can't get over that, that they thought that that was going to be like, okay to run their business or normal. Like, let alone if I wasn't bad at math, just anyone in a situation like that's not a good way to run your business. Anyway, get a new cash register. You make $10,000 in ice cream a day. You can afford a new cash register. Next job, what was before that? So prior, then after that, that was one of my first jobs. After that, I was a soft serve ice cream uh, scooper. It's not really a scoop, you just pull down the lever. So I was a lever puller for soft serve ice cream as well as a waitress for like fried fish, lobster rolls, like seafood, fried seafood restaurant. Um, So that was great because I love to eat seafood and I also love ice cream. However, it was really terrible in the sense of it was always like 300 degrees in there because there was no air conditioning. It was a little tiny old fashioned like fish shack. So there's no air conditioning and you always smelled like fried fish. So that was obviously not cute. I think the best place ever for smell wise is obviously Abercrombie. So I've worked at kind of both ends of the spectrum, like from smelling like a dead fried fish to smelling like, you know, nice perfume. Um, <laughs> so the fried fish place, that was, you know, that was, that was great. Great, kind of, in the sense of I ate a lot of food and I made friends and that was fun. So is that all my jobs? No, this is, is this the grossest job I've had? Yeah, the grossest job I've had was being a tanning salon cashier or attendant, whatever you want to call it. So my senior year of high school, I actually did like a special program my senior year and I stopped going to school in person. I finished school early um, in December online because I transferred high schools my senior year. If you haven't heard, uh, go listen to my episode, The Viral Shower, all about uh, the leaked naked shower video of me from high school that essentially caused me to transfer schools, et cetera, et cetera, and in turn ended up helping me graduate early. So because I graduated early, part of the program for being allowed to like not go to school anymore was that you had to show that you had a job um, along with doing your online classes. So by the way, this is not a GED. It's like a legitimate, 
I mean, not that a GED is not legitimate, but it's the same as going to regular high school, just in the sense of you are on a time limit and you have to do your classwork like every single day. So I would do my work on my computer and I got a job at the local tanning place because I loved being tan, right? Seems easy. So I get a job at the tanning place and quickly realize how absolutely disgusting it is to use a tanning bed just in general. Um, (laughs) I was the tannest I'd ever been, but I also, I would never tan the way I did. It was only because I would clean the bed for myself, um, either in the morning or when I, before I would open or at night after we would close, I would always tan. That was like the reward of working. And I will say that was a major pro because they had great tanning beds. Um, but anyway, I don't do that anymore because now I'm old and I don't want skin damage. So I get spray tans, which definitely are not as, uh, uh, they're kind of like declasse compared to having a real tan because you kind of smell weird and you're patchy, but you know, airbrush on Facetune makes any spray tan look great. So, and they don't give you skin cancer. So I don't do tanning anymore, but I did work at a tanning place. I do not recommend using tanning beds because it's super terrible for you. And on top of it being really bad for you, more importantly to me in the short term, is that they are absolutely germ infested. They're covered in human fluids. Like there was a guy who had come to the tanning place and when you would work there and someone would come in and they'd say, hi, I'm Steve. I'm Steve Johnson and you would type in like Steve Johnson his name would come up and you would see like if he had a membership or if he had prepaid for sessions whatever it was so let's say this guy's name is Steve Johnson and he comes in he has a monthly package he goes tanning and when he goes to leave you go in the room to wipe down the bed and you see that Steve shit in the tanning bed okay yes I don't even want to talk about this so Steve shit in the tanning bed So you have to then make a note on Steve's profile, right? For the next girl, for the next innocent, assuming cash register girl. And so, you know, one day a guy walks in and he goes, hi, I'm Steve. And I type in Steve on the computer. And when his profile pops up, there's a note that says, do not let him tan. He shit in the tanning bed. So what do I do? What do I do? I see that and I see him and I smile and I say, one second computer's not working. I step into the back and I called my manager and I was like, what am I going to do? And essentially she had me just say like, oh, sorry, the system is off. Like we can't, I can't let you tan today. It's not working. Please come back like tomorrow. Um, The guy ended up coming back when the manager was working. They had a talk with him. I was not about to be the one to do that. I had like just gotten this job two weeks prior. Um, my manager, she was really good at dealing with situations like that. So she ended up having a chat with him. I don't know how that went down, but that's just one small example of the gross things that happen in tanning beds. And to clarify, I don't know what, like what bed it was that he had shit in. Like, I don't know how they ended up cleaning it up. Like, I have no idea what happened, but I just know that I opened up his profile and it said, do not let him tan because he poops in the tanning beds. So that was fucking gross um and then after that okay I've had so many experiences with the tanning place I had a woman come in like with her kid and she definitely seemed weird I hated when people came in with their kids because it's like yo kid is not my responsibility no offense kid uh but she came in the kid was probably like eight so I mean when you're eight I guess you're kind of cool like you know you know not to do dumb shit right 
wrong. This eight-year-old stole a fucking Red Bull out of the fridge when I wasn't paying attention to them. And then my person, my manager girl, comes in and does inventory and says, Carly, did you have a Red Bull and not like pay for it or not like write it down that you took a Red Bull? And I'm like, no. They literally questioned me and then ended up looking through the video footage and seeing that this little girl just took a Red Bull right out of the fridge, essentially right in front of my face because I'm just like sitting there on the computer. She walks right over and takes it. I didn't notice, okay? And that was a whole big deal. It was a Red Bull. It literally costs, what, $3, $4? They probably were charging people freaking $10 for a Red Bull in there because they were a ripoff. But yes, the tanning place, that was absolutely gross. I had weird old people all the time. Like, come, I remember actually a woman, she got fully undressed. This woman must have been about 70, maybe, yeah, I would say 70, maybe 75. She was a snowbird, a.k.a. she lived in my town during the summer, and then in the winters, they would move uh, back to Florida to their Florida house, her and her husband. So they came in, I believe it was November, and they were getting ready to go back down to Florida, so they wanted to get some tanning sessions to get nice and tan um, before they went to Florida, and I got them their package, whatever. They would always come together, which was cute, right? The woman goes into her bed, And she doesn't know how to like turn it on. You're supposed to push the button and then the bed turns on. So she doesn't know how to turn it on for whatever reason. It's not working. She opens the door to the booth and steps into the hallway fully butt ass naked. 75 year old tits in my face. Minimum wage. I don't think so, honey. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Excuse me, ma'am. Please step back into your room. I will fix it for you. Yes, please. I'm averting my eyes. Step back into your room. And so she goes back in the room. And then it occurs to me that I'm not going to be able to get the bed to turn on unless I go in the room and like fix it. Because whatever she did, she, she pressed the cancel button. That's what happened. So you set the timer for the bed and then they're supposed to go in and press on when they're undressed and ready to get in. She pressed cancel instead of on. So you have to go back into the room and like fix it. So then I'm like, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to come in there, you know, AK, ma'am, cover yourself. She just opens the door again, fully naked. So, you know, whatever, we look away. We're both women, right? Yeah, it's all the same. Once you've seen one, you've seen them all. So anyway, I fixed the bed. She tans, blah, blah, blah. That was fine. I never saw her naked again after that. She left like everything was normal. And, you know, I guess for her being naked in front of me was normal. Like she did not give an a fuck. I gave a little bit of a fuck. I can still actually see it in my mind. So wrinkly, (laughs) so old. But you know, now I'm prepared. So when I'm 75, I'm gonna look in the mirror and I'm gonna be like, bitch, I've seen this before. I'm not afraid, okay? No titties can scare me after that day. Also, that woman actually accused us at a separate time. It was me and another girl were at work. Sometimes I was by myself. Other times it would be another girl. And she accused us of stealing her purse. And then she realized that she had left it in her car. Like she had never even brought the purse into the tanning salon. Um, So she just came in, no purse, said her name. You don't need your credit card or anything when you have a membership. So she comes in, goes in the tanning booth, tans, comes out, says bye, walks out, you know. And then as she's walking out, she turns around and goes, oh, I forgot my purse. Walks into the tanning booth room, sees that there's no purse like on the chair. And then she's like, where's my purse? Did you take my purse? Did you go back in there? Where is it? Where is it? 
And so eventually she did figure out that it was in the car. But yeah, that was, it was a lot of, um, there were a lot of crazies <laughs> that, you, that you had to deal with at the tanning place. So is that all my jobs? I feel like that's a lot. I was a tanning salon worker, breakfast waitress, fried fish, ice cream, yacht club, baby gat, Abercrombie and Fitch. I feel like I'm definitely leaving something out. But those are the main jobs. The ones that really shaped me into the person that I am because A, tanning is gross and old people, they look a little crazy when they're naked. Okay, there's our lessons. Breakfast food, love it, always will love it, but I don't want to wake up early in life. Yacht club, even when I'm rich, don't treat people like shit because that's mean and rude. And Abercrombie and Fitch, don't buy clothes that are overpriced because they come in a giant cardboard box from China and then they charge $50 a piece when they're only worth $2 a piece. So my conclusion to this entire rant is basically that working all these odd jobs, having lots of jobs in like different, you know, categories kind of really prepared me for life. I feel like the lessons I learned helped me, you know, manage the newfound money that has come into my life and the newfound success. I'm super grateful for it. I still live. I mean, my boyfriend says I have like a, not a broke mindset, but I, I have like a broke budgeting mindset in the sense of, you know, every time I buy something, if it's more than $8, $8, I am like, oh my God, this took an entire hour for me to earn this coffee. Like example, the coffee I'm drinking right now after taxes, it was literally $10, which to people who, you know, are going to come into this new generation and hopefully be making $15 an hour minimum wage, like $10 doesn't seem like that much. But for me, I was working at Abercrombie and Fitch. I'd work for a whole week and my paycheck would be like less than $200. Um, So $10 for a coffee, I I feel like terrible because it's like, I don't even, I don't know how I have become this person. But at the same time, this coffee tastes so bomb. It's the thing that got me the energy to do this podcast episode. So we're grateful for it. Um, But yeah, it definitely taught me to like value money, value hard work and value other people. And so now when I get someone who's like kind of in a grumpy mood, you know, as my waitress, my boyfriend always is like, he's kind of, he has never worked in the you know, customer service side of restauranting. He's done more like dishwashing and like more of like the boy stuff. Um, So I think we're a little different in that mindset that he's always like, oh, well, I don't care. Like this is their job. Like you should do a good job and be nice because you're getting fucking paid to do it, which I totally understand where he's coming from. And I see it and I agree. But I will just say having these jobs taught me that You can be the nicest person in the world and it's not personal, but sometimes when you're working for dirt cheap, like that energy that it causes in you feeling like you're working for less than what you're worth is terrible. So tip your fucking waitress, okay? I don't care if he or she is a bitch. I mean, I kind of do. There's definitely a level. You know what I mean? Like if they forget to bring you your side of mustard, like of your extra mustard, like you can ask again, be like, ayo, can I get my mustard? Sorry to... uh." ask again, but you forgot. And you know what? There's a way to do it. Most people will be like, oh, sorry, you know, whatever. Don't be a bitch over petty things to your fucking service providers of any sort. And definitely appreciate every dollar that you make and that you're able to save because those minimum wage jobs are tough. 
Um, so yeah, this I guess would also be my statement on I do agree that $15 an hour seems like a fair minimum wage to me. If I had been making $15 an hour, you know, as a teenager, maybe I wouldn't have struggled so much in those like starter years. I remember I would work so hard, you know, every day after school or after I'd be done with my schoolwork, I'd go straight to work or every morning in the summer, every morning, waking up at 5 a.m., going to work all day. Um, and I didn't have any money to show for it. It would cost me the same as I would make in a day working at Abercrombie and Fitch. It would cost me almost more to put gas in my car, buy myself like some food or some lunch at the food court and, you know, put $25, $30 away into a, like a savings for a new car or, you know, whatever it was that I wanted back then. It was almost impossible. So I'm really grateful for the internet. Um, and I'm really grateful that my experiences made me feel more connected to the overall, uh, you know, human race. I think all my jobs made me understand people in a more deep way including the job that I have now as an OnlyFans girl, an adult actress, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like it's really opened my mind about sexuality, which I do think is something on my path in life that I really want to like learn about and understand more because I think that even as a kid growing up in a super liberal household, you know, I didn't, I didn't view sexuality as something that was super normal and okay to be talked about, and, you know, this normal thing. It was always very, like, I was, whenever I heard someone say sexy when I was a kid, I was like, ew, ew, you said sexy. And I want to, you know, learn something in this life, especially because of this job that I have, that's going to allow me to hopefully raise kids that, you know, don't have that, like, weird stigma or, like, feel embarrassed or feel uncomfortable when they hear the word penis or, like, you know, different stuff like that. I think sexuality is really interesting because it's like, where's the line between, oh, that's weird or that's wrong or that's gross and that's normal. That's what we all come from. That's what happens every day. That's where babies come from. Like, it's very interesting to me. So I feel like my path has been a little bit zigzaggy all over the place, but it has been linear. I'm going up. See, is that a math reference? Look at me. Look how smart I am. The only thing I ever learned. Linear? Is that a word? Yeah. My path has been super linear. I'm really happy with where I'm going. And I love the internet for giving me the tool of being a hoe without having to be a hoe in real life. So it's really great. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I really liked reminiscing on all of the jobs I'm super glad that I don't have anymore. And cheers to being a boss-ass bitch. I hope that you're a boss-ass bitch too. If you guys want to sign up for OnlyFans to be a creator, make sure you reach out to me. Get my referral link. And if you are on my team and you work underneath me, um, I will give you a ton of tips. I you know, don't want to toot my own horn, but I would say I am near expert level um, for OnlyFans. I am a top creator. So come check it out. See Carly.com, OnlyFans.com slash Carly Bell. Same thing. Takes you to the same place. Check it out. Support me. Uh, watch my sex tapes if you feel like you would like that. Um, if not, that's fine. Just make sure you're following me on Instagram. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Make sure you DM me if you listen to this whole thing and tell me they cast the cast uh, the password, which is cactus. So if you listen to this whole podcast, go DM me the word cactus because I will be looking. 
um, to see who the real ones are. <laughs> so DM me cactus on Instagram if you listen this far. I love you so much. Talk to you guys later. Thank you. Make sure you're subscribed. <laughs> XOXO.